0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 53 here on What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum, and I'm a certified mindfulness life coach.
1: And I'm Austin Ivey, and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy. And we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about four things that you can always do
0: when you're in a relationship, whether good or bad. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back. Episode 53, baby. Let's do it. All about the marriage, all about the relationships. <laughs> That's what we're all about here. <laughs> what about therapy?
1: <laughs> the relationships, the marriage. The marriage. All, all the good stuff. Capital T, capital M. The marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so this,
0: uh, today, the, these four decisions, four things, is going to come from Act With Love by Russ Harris. We've talked about this. We've had an entire episode or two. On this book, yeah, uh, just things from the book,
1: anyway, for sure. sure. Stuff about love and rain, yeah. I think it was the other episodes. The acronym love and drain, yep. And we talked a little bit about this in the love and drain episode, yeah. So, like it, if it sounds familiar, if you've been listening to this podcast long term, which that'd be awesome if you yeah, were. But first of all, yeah, that, that's awesome. If you recognize it from one of other episodes, shout out to you. Um, but it, it will sound familiar if you listen to any other episodes because we have touched on it before, yeah. Maybe, how about if you if this does sound familiar, we're going
0: off of uh you know, if you're honest or not, let us know, we'll give you some what about therapy merch. We'll write you down on the cool. list.
1: Yeah. Legit. Get a hoodie, get a hat, whatever you want. I'm just gonna pretend that I am like I'm gonna create a separate Instagram Instagram account <laughs> with like a fake picture so I can get my <laughs> own <only> merch. <laughs> yeah, we we have plans for it. We haven't dropped it yet. This will this could be the thing if someone actually replies to that it might be what <laughs> drives be us what, to actually yeah. do it <laughs> so. no i think though
0: this fall will actually like push us to do it because i really want a what about therapy hoodie I um, i'm too, a big yeah. hoodie guy we look both like dad hats too oh yeah like, we're gonna get some therapy dad hats it'll be cool
1: even if it's just a little memoir of this podcast for ourselves yeah nobody actually buys them i really yeah for real <laughs> it'd be cool because the logo and the color scheme that we've chosen mm. looks awesome <clears throat> so good so good makes you so happy so happy So anyway,
0: we're going to be talking about four things that are always in your power when it comes to a relationship. And I mean, particularly a bad relationship, like if you're stuck in a relationship and you think, oh my gosh, I can't do anything about this relationship. I'm stuck. That's not entirely true. And of course, there are situations where you're in a relationship with someone who could be really abusive. And if you want to leave, that could be dangerous for you. Right? As in, if you try and leave or you express any thought or any really energy that you want to leave, that could be put you in a bad position. So, I mean, there are situations like that. But even then, <clears throat> these four decisions, one of these four, will always be in your power, no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're in a really abusive relationship, if you're in a narcissistic relationship. Whatever the relationship is, whatever the circumstance, you are never powerless. You always have power
1: in one way or another. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah. it just goes back to the theme of a lot of other podcasts is that when it comes to mental health, you never don't have your agency to respond to the situation that you're in. Yeah. So like whether that's depression, anxiety, um, relationship problems, personality disorders, it really doesn't matter. Um your healing and your improvement in your situation will rely heavily on your ability to use your agency properly. Yeah. And that is, um, for me, that's the foundation of taking control of your mental health and taking control of your life and your relationships is learning how to appropriately make choices and use your agency and know that you always have power. Like he was saying, so this is going to directly relate to your agency related to relationships that you're in.
0: Yeah. You know, and, And some of these, I mean, that could be really hard for someone to hear, like, because a lot of people really do like to play the victim in relationships, like, oh, woe is me. I can't do anything in this relationship because they don't want to take the responsibility that comes with taking ownership of the relationship or taking really ownership of your life, being able to make decisions. And just the thought of, you know, your decisions putting you in this situation and not being able to blame it on anyone can be really hard for a lot of people. And I don't blame you. It is hard. It is, it can be really hard, especially if you've been living this way for a long time to take responsibility of your life and really start to make decisions that will better your life. Mm -hmm. And playing the victim, I know a lot of people in my life actually that love to play the victim, you know, that kind of are addicted to that. Yeah. They like to be sad, like to be depressed. And they just blame everyone else. It's never their fault and they can never do anything about it. Yeah. And that's just simply not true. That's the reality of it. You can always do something.
1: Mm -hmm. And this might be just a different way to say what you just said. But um, in some cases, in a lot of cases, maybe the ones that you mentioned earlier, like the fringe cases of narcissistic relationships or like dangerous abusive relationships, there is really a victim in that instance. There really is. You are a victim if your husband or your wife is beating you or emotionally manipulating you. You are literally... The definition of a victim, yeah, but so is everyone else in the world. Everyone's a victim of something. And I really don't want to minimize people's problems by For saying sure. that because, yeah. um, man, does that suck to be in an abusive relationship. I never have been. I know I never will be, um, but I have problems of my own that I'm a victim of and that sure. causes issues in my life. And so I guess what I'm getting at is that the victim card is never an excuse because everyone is a victim of something. Yeah. So, And we talked a little bit about that in the last episode, I think, that being a victim isn't an excuse. Maybe it was just me thinking that, but that's, that's kind of the foundation of this episode is that your victim status means nothing when it comes to relationships, because if you just sit around waiting for things to happen based off of your victimhood, like my husband's beating me, so therefore I'm a victim, not to say like you, that sounds terrible, but like, um, it is your choice and it is your, um, responsibility to make sure that you do something about it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is the case that you're a terrible, in a terrible situation. But and that's a French case, of course. But think about a less abusive relationship where you're just not happy in your marriage. If you're not happy about it, it is your responsibility to do something about it and not yeah. just to sit around and wait for the universe to drop something in your lap. And that's yeah. what these four decisions are all about is doing something about it.
0: Yeah. I know all of you are on the edge of your seats, saying, What are they? <laughs> so let's get right into <laughs> it. Let's then. start. So number one. <laughs> Leave. That's option number one. Pretty simple. All of these are really simple. You're going to be upset that
1: you waited a full five minutes to hear all these. (laughs) Um, I think that, and even just like that one word, it's so simple, but it's also so complex because leaving isn't always super easy for people. Right. Especially when you have kids and a a mortgage and car payments. And divorce is messy when you're married, especially. And Mm -hmm. if you have like family members that, like you have a, a brother in law that you're really close with, but like you lose that relationship when you get when you get divorced. Like relationships, not just you and your wife, or you and your husband, or you and your partner, whatever it is, so many relationships break. And so that one word is really complex. But sometimes it really is the solution. Yeah. And in, in some situations. Yeah. It's it's simple,
0: it's complex, but it's also powerful. Mm-hmm. You know you can you literally have you have the power to leave, all okay, you know some of you may be saying, no, you don't, you don't always have the power to leave, and mm-hmm. sure, like sometimes you may not have the power to leave, honestly, like maybe right now in your relationship, you don't, yeah, and that's okay. there's still option two, three, four, yeah, um, but especially if you're not married and you're like engaged, you're mm-hmm. dating someone and you start seeing red flags. Leaving becomes a lot easier. And more appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Definitely more appropriate, especially if you're not married, you don't have kids. It becomes a lot more complicated when you throw in kids to the mix, throw in marriage, and things like that. Shared bank accounts,
1: houses, things like that. Right. But
0: it doesn't. It. It never means that that's not an option. Yeah. If you're married to a narcissist, and you have kids, it doesn't mean you can't leave. Yeah. That's something that you need to make. That's a decision that you need to make on your own. And we're not telling you, obviously, to leave. Mm -hmm. This is something that you need to think about yourself. To weigh the pros and cons, to see a licensed therapist and talk about these situations, to see what is best for you and your family in in, in this circumstance. Because every circumstance, every person is so different. And so when we say leave, that can be really complicated. Yeah. But that's option one.
1: Yeah. it's, It's going to be different for every situation and leaving might look different. Maybe you leave for a short period of time and come sure. back. Like separation yeah. is a real thing. Get some distance between you and your partner. Get distance from the relationship itself and allow it to uh, maybe to reset. I know that's been helpful for some people that I personally know. And so uh, make a, interpret that what it means to leave in your relationship or sure. in your life. So yeah. yeah. So option two here. And option two and option three are often found together. They can be done at the same time. So we'll kind of talk about them like probably synonymously, but option two is stay and change what can be changed. Mm-hmm. So stay in your relationship and focus on what you can change that will impact it positively. And that's a, that's a pretty profound one. It's not always easy to do that because it can be hard, first of all, to recognize what can and should be changed, especially when it's just you and the spouse. So again, like what Enoch was saying, like um going to a licensed marriage therapist, hopefully maybe down the road that could be, me, and me you know, like doing a marriage <laughs> session, a couple's yeah. counseling, but um, that could be a powerful, effective tool for you and a, a couple if both parties are willing to, to attend and to commit to the, uh, I guess, the whole process of Great. marriage counseling. Um, I know that's not the case in a lot of situations, but if you are both committed to the relationship and if you're the one instigating the the counseling and the marriage therapy, hopefully you can send them our way in the way of this therapy <laughs> podcast and maybe listen yeah. to this episode specifically to hear about the benefits of working on a relationship in a therapeutic viewpoint. But yeah, stay and change what what can be changed is a, it's a simple but yet profound phrase.
0: Yeah. And I think for me anyway, when I hear this, I, I hear, um, stay and focus on things that you can do yourself type of things like when you try and focus on the other person and change the other person that's when it starts to get messy you know and those are things that you can't really change and things that you should not that's right I should on you you should not focus on that or do that because that's just something you really don't have control over is what the other person does so when you stay and focus on what can be changed Like Austin is saying, you can get together as a couple, work together, see what things can be changed, and work that way. Or if you're in, in a relationship with someone who's abusive or a narcissist, someone who won't change, refuses to see the issues, then you can always stay, but focus on what you can do in the relationship to make the relationship better for you and for your partner. And that really means focusing on your attitude, what you do, do you do something to set your partner off all the time? You know, that you can change, like the way you speak to them or the way you act or what you do around the house or whatever it is. You know, there are a lot of things that are in your power that you can do to make the relationship better. Doesn't mean it'll always get better, but that's an option that you have is you can, instead of focusing on, oh, my partner is so mean to me or oh, I'm such I'm in such a bad relationship. Like, okay, I hear you, but what are you doing? about it Mm -hmm. you know like are you focusing on only what your partner does wrong or are you focusing on what you are actually contributing to the relationship as well because you are contributing something and most of the time it's going to be something that's impacting the relationship negative when you are in a bad relationship it's never one-sided it's always both of you contributing something and when you just look at the other person and focus on what they're doing that just makes the relationship much worse because you're not looking at yourself and
1: seeing what you're contributing and what you can actually do about the situation that you're in. Exactly. And I'm going to open it up into option 3 really quick cuz what yeah. I was going to say next kind of has to do with it. Option 3 is stay and accept what can't be changed. Yeah. And a lot in a, rela- a lot of the time in relationships um like specifically with marriages like committed long-term marriages you'll see that there'll be something about your spouse. They might even be aware of this thing but they're stubborn and won't focus on fixing it. Let's say they're not good at doing their expect like their household chores. That's kind of expected of them or like everyone who's married and or is in a relationship like this, you know what your spouse does that they're not willing to or it hasn't committed to changing yet. And so your job in the relationship is to focus on what Enoch was talking about, focus on what you can do to change the relationship or to make it better. And that usually has to do with your actions, your faults, your shortcomings the things that you can directly do to impact the growth of the relationship the the status of the relationship and that also means um, like being able to accept the stuff that aren't changing the mm-hmm. stuff that maybe even cannot be changed like this aspects of a relationship even if you worked on them probably won't change very much So, like deeply rooted beliefs things like that yeah um, it's your responsibility to accept the fact that there's going to be aspects of your relationship aspects of your partner specifically that They may not be willing to change Or will be really hard to change and will take a long time. So you'll have to learn how to deal with it for a long time Mm -hmm. And that is in and of itself taking action. It's changing. It's changing your mentality about things that can't be changed, which is Sound sounds confusing to me as I say it, but hopefully it makes sense coming off. But That's a difficult thing to do that I've found in a relationship. Now that my wife has a lot of things that she needs to change, but there are aspects of a a marriage that you just have to learn to accept that I have to, I have to learn to adapt to this new thing. This just melding two lives together is not easy, but it's super worth it. At least for me, I love my wife. And so it's, it's worth it to do it. It hasn't been the easiest thing in the world, like different sleep patterns, different eating habits and like, <laughs> yeah. like different food aversions even that like that's difficult to weld together so i have to accept the fact that there's going to be certain meals in certain places in my like i love sushi we were just talking about sushi before the yeah. podcast started going to sushi tonight by the way my yeah my wife hates sushi she does not mm-hmm. like sushi but i love sushi and so okay. i have to accept the fact that i if i want sushi i'll probably have to do it like if i'm by myself or like if i if she's out with her friends going to eat dinner i can order sushi myself like things like that yeah and that's just something that I've had to accept. That's a really, like, I don't know, silly thing. But it's just an example. There's a certain aspects of your marriage. If you're committed to that relationship and to that person, there's going to be things about them that they just don't change. And that's okay because that's their choice, not yours. Yeah. And now think, how would your relationship be if you tried to force your wife to eat sushi all the time? Oh, she'd be so Instead mad at Instead of me. just <laughs> accepting the fact that, no, she doesn't want to eat sushi. Yeah. You know? And, the, yeah, you take it to that more, more complex things. Like, they just, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but... Imagine how it feels to be forced, to things forced upon you, yeah. that you that maybe you should change, yeah. but it's not very helpful whatsoever to have that forced upon you. Yeah. And so it's, that's why option two and option three are so similar, because you have to be willing to change everything that you can change about yourself and then accept the fact that there's going to be things that you won't change about yourself and your partner has to accept that, and then you have to accept the fact that they're not going to change certain things about themselves that will affect the relationship. Yeah. So I guess that's all I have about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I,
0: I couldn't have said it better. Like, option three is really similar and kind of the same thing, not really, but part of option two, where focusing on things you can change is option three, in a sense. You can accept what you can't change. Mm-hmm. That's an action. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. go into a relationship, there were things in the past that happened. That's something you have to accept. You can't change that. You don't have any power over that. Accept it and take what is. That's an action. You are accepting what is and accepting things that you cannot change. Like, I know we always go to narcissism, but this is so relevant nowadays. Mm. If you're in a relationship with a narcissist, statistics say they will be a narcissist
1: forever. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for... Yeah, most really personality personality Most personality disorders don't get treated. Yeah. Because... For whatever reason, they just don't see it as a problem. Yeah. And
0: so that's something that you may have to accept right now that you will never be able to change, Mm -hmm. that they are a narcissist. And if that's an issue for you, then option one may be your way to go. Leave. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. Option one, two, and three. Option four now is stay, give up,
1: and do things that make it worse. (laughs) There you go. I mean, that sounds So, so like I would never do that. But if you do some self-reflection, you're going to find that we do that a lot in relationships. A lot, yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. Like it's a, it's hard to do that type of self-reflection because it's easy to like reflect on yourself. Like, what can I do better? But as soon as you shift it to, what am I doing that's making this worse? Like, that ego part of ourselves, the little narcissist that's inside all of us mm-hmm. never really wants to give up that information. Yeah. There's something about me that's causing this to be... Not very fun, mm-hmm. but if you can do that, that's going to be make all the difference. but if you start doing this, um which everyone does in some way or another, it's going to be adding to the drain that we've talked about before yeah. in your relationship these are this option number four is what puts the little like cracks in the connections between you and your spouse or you and your your fiance, whatever it is,
0: yeah, so we all do these things like on a I don't want to say like day to day basis, but really frequently, yeah like we stay in situations in our relationships and we don't do anything about them and it just makes it worse like we just had a talk today actually uh, a meeting at work today mm. where we talked about um, healthy conflict healthy conflict and bringing things up and actually talking about it instead of just burying it and not talking about it because when you don't talk about it it makes it worse so in a sense that's staying giving up and then just doing things that make it worse which is not talking about it and just kind of ignoring it, you know? Mm -hmm. So you don't necessarily have to leave, divorce, or leave your spouse, whatever it is. But you can leave situations and then come back to them later. You don't have to stay. Mm -hmm. Just ignore it and then act like it's not there. That can make it worse. Yeah. But if you're, again, in an abusive relationship, in a narcissistic relationship, whatever the relationship is, Option four, you don't have to do anything about it. If you are in a tough situation right now, if you are in a crappy relationship, what have you done in the past? What have you done in the past couple of months, weeks, um, year, and your relationship is still crappy? Well, it sounds like you probably stayed, gave up, and kept doing things that made it worse. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily maybe on purpose, but things that you may not even have been aware of that aren't helpful in the relationship. And so you just kind of go about your daily life and watch as your relationship starts to go downhill.
1: Yeah. And I'll I'll go as far to say that I think this option is more dangerous than the first option of just leaving. Sure. Especially if yep. there's kids involved. Absolutely. And I think again, it's case by case of course, but I think a lot of people maybe even like I'll go out, out to say more religious people like see divorce as like, like the worst thing that you could possibly do ever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a totally different topic and I'm not going to go into that, but I think specifically when I think of kids, when it comes to this option number four, when you choose to stay and then actively do things that make it worse, I think personally that will have a worse long-term effect on children yeah. that see modeled behavior of bad marriage, an unhealthy marriage that will impact them worse than having like a, a split family. Because even it's, with a split family, you can still have healthy parenting dynamics, especially when there's co-parenting agreements and when both parents are still committed to raising their kids. There will be damage no matter what in a divorce. We've talked about that before. You're always going to have that no matter what. And that's that sucks. But um, you're going to do more damage to a family and to children if you choose to stay in a relationship and not do anything about it. Yeah. And then actively do things to make it worse. Whether you know it or not that that's happening, you're going to be doing it. And so I, just, I guess be aware of that, that just because you choose to stay in a relationship, um, there's more to it if you really want to make it work. That you yeah. be aware of the fact that you could be actively making things worse by choosing to stay and not being active about fixing it. Yeah, You could be doing more harm to you and your family. Like you, I guess what I'm trying to say, in that situation, you'd be better off leaving. Mm-hmm. Then if you're going to... If you're going to choose to number four, rethink your life a little bit. And then I would say, think about option one before you think of option four. Yeah. How about that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so too. Like it's, it'd be better off. And if you just think about kids, right? The reason, like we talked about ACEs before, the reason ACEs are so dangerous with kids, like past trauma, is because they don't have an environment that they can... Their amygdala can chill out their fight or flight response and their brain can focus on growing and developing. If you stay in that harmful environment, in that relationship with your kids, they're going to stay in that fight or flight response. Whereas if you decide to leave, then their fight or flight response can turn off. They can chill for a little bit and their brain can start focusing on actual development, actual kid things instead of, oh my gosh, like I'm going to go home to a bear
1: and I don't know if I'm going to live. Yeah, and the that, next day that bear will be my parents fighting every single day about yeah. something new And then it, like again that bear will still be there They'll be the divorce bear That'll still kind of be lingering in the corner the rest of their life that they'll have to deal with But at least it's not in their life every single day where they come home and They see their parents arguing about finances about who's making dinner about who did, who made this last mistake Who's who won the last argument, you know, yeah um, You can at least minimize the size and population of the bears in that child's life Right. So we're take obvi- our advice. Yeah. I guess we're not advocating for divorce in that way. Like when oh, we're right. advocating for, for sure. divorce in the proper circumstances, Yeah, always go after option two and three. That is going to be your best friend in a marriage. Yeah. It's focusing on what you can change about yourself and what you, you can accept about your spouse. Yeah. That's, that's going to be your best friend in a marriage, but right. there's always circumstances where leaving is going to be best for everyone involved. Right. Just try not to do option four. I guess that's the the theme of this episode. Right. Yeah. Take our advice. Don't choose option four. Whatever you do. It, that option Just is there. Just don't do it. It's,
0: it. it's one of the options. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the options, but it's the least helpful option out of all these options. You thought all these would be helpful, huh? Mm-hmm. Not so. Option four, not very helpful. Um, again, like I will always advocate for staying in a marriage, Me doing too. what you can, and really trying to work on the relationship. But if it's not working, then option one to leave really might be the best option. And that's okay. If that's the best, if that's what you decide, then go for it.
1: Yeah, and this is I, this is the thought I had while reading this book, and I'll, we can wrap it up here if we want. But this yeah, is like my last thought about the subject is that if you start to see relationships, your relationships starting to crumble, you're starting to see cracks in the foundation, you're starting to see problems. Start with option number two and number three. Yeah, never think of not never, but keep option one out of your mind for the for as long as you can. Focus on one, on two, and three. What I can do about myself to fix things that I can raise the emotional baseline of this relationship and of myself, which will in turn raise the emotional baseline of the relationship. You can focus on yourself, even on self-improvement and self-care that will bring the emotional baseline of your relationship up. And it might, um, if your partner or spouse sees you increasing in like seeing your emotional baseline lifting, that might motivate them to do the same thing. and That's going to have a net positive effect on the entire relationship. So focus on two and three. And then if those two aren't working and it's, you're not seeing any changes circle back to option one and see the long term consequences of leaving. What would that look like? How long will this take? How will this impact my life? And then maybe circle back to two and three, try some new things, go to a therapist for yourself, for your marriage, read some books about self-improvement, things like that. Circle back to option one again and see again, how is this going to impact my life? And is this even going to help? And never, ever knock on the door of option four because that's gonna that's really gonna cause a lot of drain in your relationship but the other three i guess option two and three they're gonna they will have positive effects on your relationship and option one i guess that's the that's like the contingency plan yeah super situational just to purport just to just to avoid long-term negative effects for everyone involved that's like the Mm -hmm. I don't know, like the, the emergency stop button on a okay. on a machine. Like yeah. you're not to use that. Like pulling the fire alarm, I guess that's like the yeah. fire alarm. You don't always. You're only going to use that in very certain circumstances. Just to avoid on the positive actions you can take before you pull the fire alarm. Yeah, which is option one.
0: Yeah. So at the end of the day, always focus on what you can control, and then focus on the things and accept the things that you can't control. Which is again focusing on what you can do in the relationship. And really with anything in life, that's the only thing you can focus on is focus on what you actually have control over. Most anxiety, depression, things like that come from focusing on things that are outside of our control. Mm -hmm. So once you actually able to comprehend that and actually practice it, because it does take practice, focusing on what you don't have control, or I guess opposite of that, focus on what you do have control on and accept what you don't, your life will get a whole lot better. It really will. It really will. doesn't mean easier, but it could. It'll be more helpful. And it can get better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So we hope you learned something new. If you did like this episode, please leave a rating and review. Share it with anyone who you think could benefit. That's really why we're here, man. That's why we're, we're doing what we're doing. We want to help as many people as we can so you can help in that process as well.
1: Yeah, we don't make any money for this. This is all to help people. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Free
0: of charge, baby. <laughs> and with that being said, we'll talk to you Thursday. See you
1: guys. What
0: about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy?
1: What about, what about therapy?